The giving and receiving of gifts is kind of a universal sign of love. We give them at Valentine's Day, we give them at Christmas, we give them on birthdays, and yet sometimes we overlook the way that God shows his love to us through the gifts of blessing and time and spiritual gifts and so much more. So today we're unpacking the love language of God in gifts. Stay tuned. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. The Hearing Jesus podcast is so excited to partner with Compassion International. We believe in Compassion's mission to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Sponsors, when they sponsor a child, have the opportunity to see firsthand the impact that you're making through letters and updates that you receive from your sponsored child. It's not just changing the lives of children, it's changing entire families, whole communities, always through the local church and always in Jesus' name. When you choose to sponsor a child, you ensure access to quality education, medical checkups, healthy food, clean water, and most importantly, the love of Jesus. Delivered through a church in their community because of a generous, caring sponsor like you. And you can speak life, love, and hope to your sponsored child through personal letters that you'll exchange. I hope you'll join me in sponsoring a child through Compassion today. All you have to do is pull out your phone and text Hearing Jesus to 83393. You'll get a text back with a picture of a child who is waiting for a sponsor and a link to sponsor that child. You can also go to Compassion.com forward slash Hearing Jesus to choose a boy or girl to sponsor. When you sponsor, we'll also send you a copy of She Hears Learning to listen to Jesus, my book, as a token of our thanks for investing in the life of a child. Thank you for joining me and sponsoring a child through Compassion today. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing our Love Languages of God series. And if you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back over the last couple of days and listen to the previous episodes because it explains things about what we're talking about a little bit more in depth. But today we're talking about the love language of gifts. And for each of us, we all have our primary love language that we speak. I gave an overview of those love languages at the beginning of the series. And today we're talking about the love language of gifts. And we're talking about the ways that God speaks our love language and even looking at the ways that we express our love to God through our various love languages. So when we think about gifts as a love language, I think this is one of those things that is pretty much universally accepted as a symbol of love. We just had Christmas time not too long ago, and we give gifts at Christmas time to represent our love for the other person, or we're celebrating the love of Christ. 
And you know, if you think about this in terms of your human relationships, I bet all of us know somebody that expresses their love through gifts. Maybe that person is you. You know, I have to think of my great grandfather, actually, when I think about gifts. And while he was a gruff kind of guy, he was actually a lumberjack. He was a very, very hard worker and he made a lot of money the old fashioned way, literally through climbing trees and chopping them down and chopping up firewood. And when I was young, I didn't quite appreciate this the way that I do now, now that I'm an adult and I have bills to pay. But when I was young, I knew that grandpa was acting like the bank for most of our family. And so what he would do is if somebody wanted to buy a car or somebody wanted to buy even a house, everybody in the family, they would go to grandpa and grandpa would act as the bank and they would have to pay him back. It would be at 0% interest, but they would make payments on things until they were paid off. And then when he passed away, he forgave all of those debts, whether it was small or large. And I remember just thinking, man, what a legacy that is. And and that would be my goal to have that kind of legacy to be able to do that for my family. I think all of us would, would like that goal. But also if I think through the way he interacted with the family, he was never one to say, I love you. He was never one to give hugs. He rarely wanted to spend time with anybody, but he was incredibly generous. And I have a chair in my basement that belonged to him. And I remember sitting in that chair on his back porch, just watching him work. And I remember my grandmother, which is his daughter, explaining to me that the way that grandpa expressed his love for his family was with how hard he worked. And he worked hard. I mean, back then, especially when he started, I mean, he was 80 in his mid 80s when he passed away. When he started working as a lumberjack, they didn't have all the the bells and whistles and the tools and a truck and all of those kinds of things. It was literally, he climbed the tree, he chopped down a branch, he climbed higher, he chopped down a branch. And so the work that went into being able to have that kind of money to then turn around and be generous, he just encapsulates for me this idea of the love language of gifts. And so that's the undercurrent in the back of my mind when I think about how sometimes people can't express the way that you and I express their love. But acts of service can be a really powerful way for people to express their love for one another. And if you think about this in terms of scripture, we see the Bible open up with God's generosity and we see the Bible close with God's generosity, of course, all the way through. But if you think about Genesis in the very beginning, what we learn in Genesis, well, let me just read it. It says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. In the very beginning of scripture, what we learn about God in Genesis is that he is a God of generosity, that he gives gifts to his people it's part of his love languages. And and remember, God speaks all five love languages. Even if that's not our primary gift, it does come from God that way as well. And then in the very last chapter of the Bible, all the way in Revelation, it says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit of the bride says, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. So literally, from the beginning to the end of scripture, we see this picture of a God that is a generous giver that loves us through gifts of generosity. God reveals himself as the giver of good gifts. And we know that every good gift, scripture says, every good gift comes from God. Moses talks about this. Moses says, he will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine and oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks in the land that he swore to your forefathers to give to you. So we see God establish over and over this love relationship, not just with ancient Israel, but also with us. But in ancient Israel, he provided these laws and these guidelines in order so that his people could live the life that he intended for him, a life that was meaningful and fruitful and made an impact. And by following those guidelines, they were then expressing their love and trust in him as their God, their provider. And as part of that reciprocal relationship, out of their obedience, he then in turn blesses them with these gifts that are an expression of his love. And so that covenant relationship that Israel had with God, it's something that Moses talked about often. He says, Moses says, if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather your grain, new wine and oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and and you will eat and be satisfied. Moses was talking on behalf of God, and he was explaining that covenant relationship out of our obedience to God as we express our love and trust through obedience. God, that reciprocal relationship, that covenant promise, then pours blessings out onto people as part, as part of that love relationship. And so it's this symbiotic kind of relationship where you see it going both ways. And we see that throughout the scriptures. We see that with Solomon. Solomon is praying and he says to God, now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. That was this prayer that Solomon had. And, and then God, who is the giver of gifts, he responded to Solomon. He said, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And then if you think, the New Testament, of course, is full of stories of God's generosity. But think about ultimately what God did when he sent Jesus. It's summed up, God's love for us is summed up in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gift of Jesus is God's ultimate love song to us. It is God's ultimate gift of love to us.
Hey friends, this is Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus podcast, and I wanted to take a minute to share with you about our Patreon community. Are you loving the deep conversations, the biblical insight, and spiritual growth content that I share on the podcast? Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. By becoming a member of our Patreon family, you can take your Hearing Jesus experience to a whole new level. When you join Patreon, you gain access to ad-free episodes, daily journaling prompts and worksheets, monthly bonus content, personalized Q&A sessions with me, giveaways, and more. As a Patreon supporter, you're not just a listener, you're a valued member of my inner circle. But that's not all. Our Patreon community is a place where you can connect with like-minded people who share your passion for spiritual growth, engage in meaningful discussions, share your thoughts, and be part of something truly special. Plus, we've got some awesome perks lined up for our Patreon supporters, from shoutouts on the podcast to exclusive merchandise and much, much more. So if you're ready to dive deeper into the journey of hearing Jesus, head over to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Your support makes a real difference, allowing us to continue bringing you inspiring content week after week. Also, a portion of any income from Patreon goes to support children through our partnership with Compassion International. Again, head to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Thank you for being a vital part of the Hearing Jesus community. Together, let's learn to live out our faith in our everyday life. There's this teaching that I think sometimes people get confused and it's quoted a lot and it's taken out of context a lot, but it's this teaching in the New Testament of when Jesus talks about ask and you will receive. Now the teachings of Jesus, he, he taught a lot about how God gives good gifts to his children as a good father. But right before Jesus was arrested in Jerusalem, he said this, he said, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me because I'm going to the father. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And so Jesus had this message where he knew he was going to die. And after his resurrection, he knew that he would eventually ascend to his father in heaven, which of course is where he was before he came to earth. But he wanted his followers to know that God was going to continue to give them good gifts. He said, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, your father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And then later, James writes about how every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And then, of course, John talks about this. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. And so throughout history, what we see throughout the pages of scripture even is that God has revealed himself to humanity and for the people that acknowledge him, he pours out the blessing of not just physical gifts, but wisdom and discernment and things like joy, like Jesus talked about. 
going beyond that, the gift of the Holy Spirit that he has given us to enable us and empower us to live this life is the most precious gift that anyone could ever receive besides salvation. Of course, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus, but the spiritual gifts that come along with that indwelling of the Holy Spirit are so powerful. And we see those gifts to help us lead within the body of Christ. And, you know, maybe it's the gift of being an apostle or a prophet or evangelist or a pastor or a teacher, or maybe a worship leader. There's all sorts of gifts. Maybe it's knowledge or the gift of faith or the gift of healing. We see that God gives good gifts to his people, and that's what empowers them to carry on the work of Jesus for the last 2,000 years. That's how it's happened. And so this theme of God as this giver of gifts, good gifts, it runs deeply through both the Old Testament and the New Testament and even throughout the body of Christ. We experience that whether we know it or not, whether it is our love language or not, we experience that goodness of the gift of God in our daily lives as believers. It's so sad to me when somebody thinks that God is just this judge who is going to demand perfection out of them and curse him for not, you know, doing everything perfectly. But instead, what we see is this picture of not just a father, but a good father. Scripture says that God is a good father and he sent Jesus so that we could be reconciled to him. It's not that God can, doesn't condemn sin. He absolutely does. He's a righteous judge, but he does it from a place of love and he lovingly guides us to where we go. It's not like at the point of salvation, all of a sudden, everything is made perfect in our lives. It's a process. That process is called sanctification as we become more and more like God, as we strive for that. But he is with us every step of that way. Things like addiction, sometimes it's a process that takes a while, but God's presence, the gift of God's presence is with us through that process. And so for people that have this primary love language of gifts, they tend to be drawn to God because he's not this judge that just condemns us, but he is a father who gives us forgiveness and eternal life and helps us get there. So if we think about gifts from God, how do we receive these gifts from God or God's gift of love? Well, some gifts are given by God to everyone for everybody to see or experience. And so that might be things like a sunset or a gentle rain or the lapping waves of the ocean or a flower blooming in springtime. Those are gifts for everyone. But there are also some gifts that God reserves for those who ask for them. That's the whole ask seek, knock passage I was talking about. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then Jesus explains the difference between the human kind of gift giving and the God kind of gift giving. Jesus said, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God literally invites us to ask him for gifts. Jesus taught that. That's the reality of it. And so that doesn't mean that God will give us exactly what we ask for. So if we're asking for a brand new Beamer, it doesn't mean that there's going to be one that shows up in a driveway. Could there be? Maybe. But more often than not, it's 
meaning that we are asking in line with God's heart. And so if I think about my children, if my children ask to stay home from school just because they want to sleep in, well, the wise parent in me is not going to say yes to that. God's not just going to give us whatever we want just because we want it, just because we ask. The difference there is the word good, good gifts, because God is a good God, and he's going to give us the good gifts that are for his glory that are going to be in line with his heart. So what that means is perhaps it is helping somebody, meaning I ask for wisdom all the time to be able to guide you guys. So when I ask God for wisdom and discernment and strategy, and he gives that to me, that's a good gift. He's giving that because I've asked him for it. Or if you are you know, a parent and you are asking for finances to be able to provide for your family, maybe God gives that through the form of a good job or health insurance. Or maybe we are asking for material things like money to be able to minister to those around us. You know, it's interesting because back in the pandemic, this happened to me. I live in a community where we were probably like you, a victim of a huge toilet paper shortage. And as a parent, you know, that is something that you think about. But we were hosting church at our house on our front lawn because the churches around here were closed. And I remember just thinking, okay, my goodness, there are going to be so many people at my house and I don't have enough toilet paper. Lord, would you provide toilet paper? And you know what? Sure enough, he did. When I went, I was able to find the truck immediately as it came off and it was going onto the shelves. I was able to snatch up some toilet paper. And It may seem like something so simple, but I probably didn't necessarily need 64 rolls of toilet paper, except I was praying for toilet paper because I knew that I was going to be able to need them to meet the needs of the people that were coming to my house. And so I think about that all the time, about how God is the giver of good gifts when it's in line with his will and his purpose. Maybe that's tuition money to send your kid to college, or maybe that is extra food to help feed a family in need in your neighborhood. Whatever that is, we see that God's abundance and his gift of love to us is just expressed throughout not just the scriptures, but how he works and interacts in our lives. Sometimes when we don't even ask for it. So as we get ready to pray. I want you to think about maybe some of the gifts of God that you have received that you didn't even ask for. Or think about what it would be like to ask God for gifts that you have not asked for. It's okay to ask God for wisdom. It's okay to ask God for finances to help somebody else. It's okay to specifically ask God for gifts because he is a good father and he invites us to ask him for those gifts. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the way that your love for us is expressed in so many different ways. Though the way that we see you interact with people in scripture and how you are the giver of good gifts, the gift of Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. So we see it throughout the pages of scripture. God, reveal to us the way that we can love you. Even if gifts is not our primary love language, reveal to us the way that we can both express our love for you or we can receive your love in this area. God, I thank you and I praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friend, 
Every day when I finish the podcast, I feel so confident that this is one of the things that God created me for. And my journey is not unlike yours. I had a season in my life where I was doubting God's voice. I felt insecure about the things that I thought he might be telling me to do. If you are in that place, I want you to know that I offer spiritual direction and life coaching to help you get unstuck. Maybe you're struggling with something and need an objective biblical opinion. Maybe you need some help working through something that feels a little heavy. Maybe you feel called to write or start your own podcast, or maybe you just want to learn how to hear God's voice more clearly. For me, when God started to reveal his plan for my life, I found my purpose. And part of that purpose is to help you learn how to grow in your relationship with him. My heart is to help guide you in this area so you can step confidently into the calling God has for you. If you would like to start spiritual direction or life coaching, I'm opening up space for a couple more clients. You can head to shehears.org forward slash coaching to learn more. That's shehears.org forward slash coaching. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.